Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, and welcome to The Experiment. I have gathered my team, close friends of mine, today, right now, at a roundtable, and we're going to talk about our experiences of going from non-affirming to affirming of the LGBTQ plus community, specifically in our theology. This is an experiment. I don't know how it's going to go. My goal is I just wanted, my heart was, I wanted you guys to get to hear from the rest of the people who've been on this journey with me. We all went on a journey together, which feels somewhat unique. I don't know that I see this happening a ton everywhere, but we all got to like engage in this conversation, this process. Every person sitting at this table had their own individual wrestling match with, with me, with the conversation, with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible, with themselves, with culture, right? With their fear of man. Um, also, Mika just gave birth to my nephew a few days ago. Sex baby. Um, and so little Kai might be crying in the background. If you hear that, just know there's a baby somewhere in this house working it out. All right. So to get us started, you guys, the first question I want to ask and just, you know, feel free to chime in however it is that whatever you have to bring to the table. I want to know when I first came out to you as a gay person, when I came to you and I was like, Hey, I'm gay. I want to know. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how it went. I want to know what was your initial reaction? What was your gut reaction? What was your feeling, your thought process? What was going on? Any and all of it. I want to hear about it. How'd it go? Who wants to go ahead, Annabelle? I actually remember being really shocked. <laughs> like a lot of people were like, oh yeah, I knew. I like knew your story. And then you getting here, I was like, what? Cause I remember you being like, I need to talk to you, I need to tell you something. I was like, okay. And then we like scheduled that like a week later. And I was just like, what is he gonna tell me? This feels like a little serious. And I thought you were like gonna tell me that you were moving. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was very different yeah so I remember like hearing your story and being so impacted by it and then going home laying on my couch canceling like my whole day and just like like staring out the window for like an hour and just being like what is life what does this mean and that lasted for a long time and then I remember like my initial too like feeling was just like sadness like I think there was like expectation and I've continued to experience that from other people like with you know people coming out or just like these stories and stuff um of just like yeah expectation not met or yeah I just I remember just feeling really sad because I also felt like you were sad too like I remember being around you and feeling sad and then I remember it was maybe like, I don't know, like one to three months after that. I'm not really sure. That's kind of a wide like spectrum. Window, yeah. yeah, window. Um, but I just remember you stopped feeling sad. Something shifted in you. And that made me like rethink things. I had to be like, he, this doesn't feel bad anymore. Because I thought the sadness meant this wasn't supposed to be here. Like maybe this was going to change. And like everything in me wanted 
to like stay with you and be here with you in this and like I loved going on walks with you and like hearing your process about this was awesome I was like I don't want to be anywhere else like even if I'm figuring this out doesn't mean I don't want to be here like nothing in me was like repellent but yeah I remember the sadness shifted in you and that made me like okay I need to look at this like I need like something changed in me too that was so positive (laughs) Um, when you first told me I remember feeling probably stunned and confused were probably the the top two words Um, I think stunned and confused because this man that I like, trust and that's helped change my life and that I trust and like believe in. And then my theology that I've been taught all my life are like coming together and like hitting heads. So I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me because I know, I know this man knows the Lord. I know he like trusts him. I know he loves these people. Like just all this stuff was coming to my mind. I'm like, but, but everything that I've been taught has told me that this is not right. And this can't happen. So I think I was, yeah, I think I was just confused for a second. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think I was I was stunned, and then, <laughs> which, which, you know. Um, so you were stunned. I was stunned, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I felt opposed to it, which felt cool. Like, there is... Isn't that shocking? It was shocking, yeah. I think this whole process has felt like that, which I'm sure we'll talk about more. But, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, the first part, I didn't feel super opposed to it, which, which was interesting. I'm like, oh, I, there's not, like, pushback here. Mm. There was, like, wanting to figure out and understand, but there wasn't, like... Yeah, I didn't want to push anything away, so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think for me, when when you came out to me, I wasn't shocked, so, so to speak. I think I was like, oh, that's that's just like another element of Mike, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a, a huge deal. It didn't feel like it changed my relationship with you. Um, it didn't feel like my friendship with you would be different or anything like that. I was like, yeah, it's, I mean, you're gay. That's, I mean, you're going you're gonna to be with who, who you want to be with, you know? That's kind of my mentality. Um, the afterwards obviously wasn't, was a little different, but, but initially I was like, it's, it, it wasn't shocking. I wasn't, I didn't feel any desire to distance myself from you. I didn't have like the conditioning. I think like some, some of the people do of like, Oh, this is bad. Um, I think initially I, my response to that was mostly that I didn't know exactly what the Bible said about, um, about homosexuality, so I didn't. And I think I avoided learning about it because mm. I didn't want to hear what people had to say. I, I like I, I straight up avoided it. I didn't want to think about it. So um, I think that kind of let me bypass some of like the working out the theology stuff. But yeah, it was. I wasn't too shocked. I was like, oh, this is yeah. This is. I'm, I'm glad that you can actually come out and say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to go to the other stuff yeah, yet. Oh. Similar to Zach, I was really confused. Like, I was, I was surprised. Like, I didn't see it coming. But then I was really confused. I was like, how, how are you gay? Like, <laughs> I, like, how, like I just didn't understand how. Um, and I think also just like, up until that point, it's like you're either a follower of Jesus or you're gay. Like, it's never, like, you can't have both. And so you coming out as gay, I was like, I don't, but I know that you know Jesus. So like how, that like shattered that whole belief. And so I was pretty confused. Um, I was also afraid. I don't think of you, but I think of what this meant. Like what is, what does this mean for like my, my relationships? Like what are people going to think of me if I'm like friends with someone who's gay? Like, <laughs> like for real though, like, like I was thinking that. And so I think just like of what people thought, like I was pretty afraid of that. And also just like, 
having been a student at a ministry school, at a Christian school, was like, that just, I mean, they just didn't add up. These things didn't add up at all. And so I think I was just like, I don't know what this means in the long run. Like, if you're gay, like, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for, like, my beliefs? What does that, you know, there, just, I could just go on and on. So I was afraid. I was confused. I was pretty surprised. I remember wanting space like I didn't want to be around you for a little bit I was just like I didn't really know how like what step to take after that I was just like I don't like what what do I what do I say to you I'm not even sure what I'm processing I'm just afraid I'm confused and you know all things and so I just remember like feeling like I wanted to retract and like not connect with you at first. I remember blacking out um, <laughs> when, when, when Mike told me he was gay we were sitting on a couch and he, and he you like told me your story, like the moments where God had spoken to you, all that good stuff. And I remember just sitting there being like, where's this going? Wherever this is going, I don't know if I want to go. I remember being worried. Like as you kept talking, I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then you were like, you said, at some point you made like an emphatic statement, like, okay, I believe I'm a gay man, you know, and you've been going on this journey and you were ready to start tackling this thing with more of a bent of like the obedience side and the no, God's speaking to me here, you know, all that stuff. And so I remember, remember blacking out, sitting there, and I had this strange, dissonant moment where I remember being like, okay, you know, A plus B. I'm like, okay, Mike's my friend. Mike's my leader. Loves me. I love him. We have a, we have a good relationship. This feels solid. This new thing's coming in here. And for some reason, I feel like it's changing everything. Why does it feel like it's changing everything? Yeah. And maybe it was a little, it could have been a little bit like, maybe I felt betrayed. I don't know. I think I would have known that. I don't know that I felt betrayal. It was more just like... I have been so taught, programmed, and I will say by other people, just because I do believe that's true. At that point, I had not looked into this myself at all. And I don't think a lot of us had, you know? And so my programming kicked in, right? And I, I became this, I was kind of like, what do I say? Like, I was afraid of like offending you or saying something wrong. And then all of these exterior things, like what, you know, like the things that like you weren't ascribing to, you were just confessing to me like, hey, this is, this is real for me. And then I started putting all these things like on you and then I felt like I couldn't talk to you and I felt like an idiot. Um, so I basically, basically I just, I kind of feel like I went into like a homophobic shutdown where I was like, I'm scared to say anything at all. I don't want to ruin this. And I just thought for some reason Mike was going to immediately be like this offended, like, like if I said something wrong, you'd just be offended at me and then just trash whatever our relationship was. And I'm like, that's not, that's, you don't do that, you know? So it was really weird. And I don't look back very proudly on that moment. I was kind of like... <laughs> I just got weird. Okay, Mika, you're last, but not least. Here we go. Which makes Here. sense in the order. Oh, right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you came out to me, I'll never forget it. You told the story to me. You told me you had never told your story the way that you had with me because you're like, I'm going to change things up. You remember? I do and now. He, wow. you like create a context. You're like, I'm gonna, it's gonna feel like a punch to the face. And back then I was just very like, yeah, I can handle anything, like let's go. And you know, the way you told your story was like you you started with the end as oh. the beginning. <laughs> and then we went on a That's three hour funny. journey or however long. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? He was just like we were walking and he was like, I'm gay <laughs> in the woods. And then I just <laughs> And I just kept walking. Do you remember? I yeah, didn't even like address him. And just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> Hands behind your back, just. <laughs> yeah, literally. And then he proceeded to tell me the story and all this stuff. And I think I just remember being like, I'm going to listen to your story. Like, I. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't. I think I probably blacked out as well. Like, I just was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for this. 
And then at the end, I really didn't, I think I was like trying to whip out all these kind of responses that I thought I would say when I would be in this kind of situation. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I value you and like, thanks for being vulnerable, you know, just kind of like all that cliche, like, you know, and I went home and I literally just, I like hugged Annabelle like 17 times and I couldn't like express what was happening inside of me, but I just essentially felt like so burdened or so sad or, and I like just laid on my bed and I literally hugged all my roommates. I had like 10 of them at the time. So I just like (laughs) had like so many options there. But the next feeling after that was anger. Like I was Mm. so angry. It's probably like, I never get angry. And like, I was angry for like two weeks, which there's layers to my anger. And I think you guys like, yeah. But I wasn't, later on I realized I wasn't angry at you, but I was angry at like, it was like selfish. It was like, Mike has like influenced my life. And like, how am I gonna like climb the ministry ladder? Like this is like, I had like these thoughts, like he like is the only one who teaches on discernment. Like how am I gonna, who's gonna teach me about discernment? Like, yeah, and I was like, I was so angry. I was like upset at God because I was just like, oh, I felt like there's a divine connection here. I mean, there was, anyways. But I was angry for two weeks wow. specifically. Wow, but crazy. it it wasn't really on you. Anyways, so wow. that's cool. how I felt. Thank you. Thank you for not expressing that anger to me. That was <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, okay, so I want to go to some specific moments with certain individuals at this point. I want to talk about certain things that happened along the way. So in the chronological order of all this, Marcus was my only roommate at the time, right? So he and I were living together and I'm having these moments with the Lord. No one else knows what's going on. And I'm like in the woods yelling and the Lord is confronting me and I'm like, oh my God, my life is falling apart. And so then Marcus comes home from work or whatever. I don't know if you were leaving it. I don't know. But anyway, so I came home and I'm like talking to Marcus. I'm like, I, I gotta tell, I gotta tell him what's happening. And I wasn't even sure what was going on, but I, Marcus has a unique seat in all this because I started telling him stuff before I knew where it was going or what it all meant yet. I just started confessing stuff because I was like, I mean, I, I hold my home as a sacred space and I'm like, I'm going to be telling him what's going on in my life and whatever. And so I'm just sitting here telling him and he's just sitting there listening to me, just being very listening um, for a while, like for weeks, if not months. So like he's just listening to me. And then a few months into this process, and at this point, only a few people know that I'm like embracing this and I'm like facing it now and whatever. And I start noticing that Marcus is living his life as if this isn't even happening. He's treating me like it's not going on. Um, one time he and I and a friend of ours was watching, we were watching a show and some character made some homophobic slur about gay people and he busted up laughing. And it had been a couple of months at this point of me like confiding in him and sharing this process and he lost it. He just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, and then my friend and I are both were like kind of like looking at each other like what the why is he laughing so hard like this The moment's over and that wasn't even that funny And so I actually after he kept laughing eventually to a certain point in that moment I actually felt hurt. I was like, okay, this is offensive actually that he's laughing this hard He knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm processing and this is how he's responding So that was like a red flag for me. I was like, what is this? Um, and then anyway, so if we had a few moments like that, I would like pull him aside. I'm like, bro What's going on? And I'm just kind of like trying to figure out why am I experiencing this weird? unexplainable change in his behavior or how he was treating me. He started getting more distant and like more like, I don't know, selective about how he was behaving around me and like, you know, just how open he was or whatever. And I'm like, dude, is everything okay? And I'm like, 
I'm not jumping that he's being homophobic, but I'm not trying to figure out any other explanation for why his behavior has changed at this point, you know? Which is kind of jarring for any gay person when people change their behavior without explaining to you why it's happening. It is so painful. So anyway, I want to be able to, Marcus is going to kick us off into the individual journey of these processes. Marcus, can you share a little bit about what that was like for you and, you know, what you were thinking and, yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay! I'm really excited to revisit this. Um, yeah. So my my initial reaction was, I, I, like, still holds. Like, I don't think I was like, I thought less of you as a leader, as a friend, as as a teacher, you know. Um, but I think the the bigger challenge for me was that I didn't know what to do with a gay person who had the proximity you had and the relationship you had in my life. You know, literally, I was just like, what does this mean? You know? And, and I remember one of my first thoughts, like you mentioned, um, like I would like distance myself from you. Right. And I think, um, I guess it distance myself. I distance myself from you in a physical sense. Right. Like I would like, we would like watch movies and stuff together and we would, you know, we would sit close together and we were just watching a movie. Right. And then after a while I would like, I'd sit a little farther away or I'd like lay down away from you or something like that, you know? Oh God, it's so horrible thinking back to it. But I think it's because, um, I guess Stan talks about like an ick factor. I think that's the, that's what came up. I, I didn't know what to do with that. I was like, oh, like physical touch all of a sudden feels different now. You know, it was like, am I endangering myself or am I like, am I, am I, am I, um, expressing something that I don't mean to, you know, like expressing interest or something like that by, you know, showing physical, you know, like, I don't know, just, this is, I mean, it sounds so stupid thinking about it now and also like realizing it's so self-centered too. It was, it was very much about like my experience and less so about really considering your experience, you know, I think that's the part that I, I feel the most embarrassed and, and, and ashamed of because it was very selfish and and self-centered in, in, in that space for me. And, the space that you had been considering and learning and discovering so much about yourself, you know? So that was, that was really sucky. So, um, you started like actually bringing these things up, right? You started like, uh, like having a conversation with me about it. And that's when I also started like realizing I'm absolutely just avoiding this subject as a whole. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't want, I don't want to talk about it. You can talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it because I didn't, have any thoughts on it you would share stuff and then i wouldn't i would never revisit it i wouldn't come back to it and be like what do i think about this like and then this and you're like bleeding out over here and just like you know emptying yourself and i'm like i don't i don't know what i think about it but i'm gonna let you keep doing it and it's kind of that thing you're telling about like you you have been talking about more recently it's like someone's tripping in front of you vulnerability like with vul vulnerability and then like you don't know where you stand and like but you're letting them do it and i was like i was doing that so that really sucks. It's like really hard revisiting some of those moments because it, it reminds me of how poorly I treated you. You know, as someone who, who, who is so close to me um, and someone who came to me like with, with honesty and trust, you know, and, and, and value for our relationship, you know, and you didn't have to do that, but you still did it, you know, and I think that's what was the most painful part. Um, but yeah, I think on the recovery side of things of like finally getting to a place where like, you know what, I... I can't keep letting this happen. You know, I can't, I mean, I had to like work through a lot of stuff. It's just like, is this homophobia? And like actually coming to terms like, yeah, it is like, this isn't normal. I don't treat other people like this. And I was like, oh God, oh, why is this happening? You know? And I got to work out all the ways that I like had learned this from something, from somewhere, you know? You asked me um, a, a, a couple questions that were really, really uh, important. I think the first one was, you asked me if, 
like you kind of presented a scenario essentially that like if everyone else was homosexual and you're the only heterosexual guy and they're forcing you they're saying hey in order to be right with god you have to change your sexuality you have to be you have to be homosexual i remember you asking me that and, and it's like could you do that and i was like no there's no way i could do that you know like i that doesn't that won't happen for me you know and i was like oh my god what do i do with that you know like literally that putting myself in that position helped me like help humanize the situation more than i think the theology and like the bible and all that stuff it was like oh this is a person who is trying to be as honest as they are you know as they can be expressing themselves and then saying that it's a bad thing and i'm like that i can't do that you know um, I, I can't change my sexuality, and I, it's so wrong for me to even assume that for somebody else or consider that, like, hey, I'm going to force you to do this, or, like, you have to do that. And I was like, oh, that's what Christians think right now. And I still didn't know what I thought about it, you know? Um, and I think I, like, I didn't have to, I didn't feel the need to have to know yet because I was trying to have, like, empathy here. I was, like, trying to understand what this actually is like, you know? And that really did a, did a number for me. It, it changed, I, I think that one question actually changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. That helped, like, putting myself in a position like that. And then it started bringing more stuff up about, like, what I had been taught about homosexuality. Like, like it's a sin, or you, like... Um, hate the sin but love the sinner or like you can say like I love you but and I support you but I don't agree with you or something like that and all that stuff I was like I don't I think that's the stuff I've always avoided because I never understood it I always thought that was bullshit but but everyone was saying is I'm like maybe there's truth to it you know I didn't know what to do with it but like it just felt so whimsy like there's there's no substance to it and there was so weak you know yeah and and I remember even having conversations in, in in a ministry school like what do you do like if do you go to a gay person's wedding you know like people would they would talk about that and people would have all these elaborate responses of like how they you know what they believe and what the bible says and how do how do they show love and i'm like this is this isn't love you know this is like there's structure and protocol i'm like you're not there's like there's no responding to a person here you know and so that like my process really started with making this like about a human being and less so about god honestly and about theology uh, Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that was a really fun time for both of us. <laughs> okay, Haley, I want to go to your world. There was a fateful day, right? I remember I had been, I had a few painful conversations up to that point in the day, and then you came over and we were working on some emails, and we like got, we didn't get to do a ton of work because we had this to work out, right? And so I just took some time and just, I don't remember what all I said. I wish I could, but I basically was like. I'm not trying to change your mind or convince you about something. I'm trying to be as honest as I can about who God is and what he's saying to me. Like, that's what I'm like, honestly trying to rest out here. And so the fact that I'm being treated this way and that people are saying these things what, is so painful. And I remember being in tears because I was just overwhelmed at that point. That day, I, just, it was, I was bottoming out. I was so tired and frustrated and sad at how I was being treated by Christians who were close to me. I was like, I couldn't, right? And so I think that was kind of a pivotal moment in our relationship. I don't remember why it came up, but I would just wanted to hear from what you can recall from that experience. I think that was impactful for you too, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Definitely was. When I think back to that conversation, I don't like remember all the points that we hit. Like it's kind of like a blur to me. I remember feeling your vulnerability and feeling like this guy's heart is like right here. And I hadn't like been sensitive to that before. Um, even when you were sharing your story for the first time, like I didn't, I, I wasn't like catching that. And so in that conversation, I remembered like 
watching you cry and watching you just like share more of like your heart in this and why it's so not okay for me to have been treating you that way and everything. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, you're like a human being, like, which is such a like, duh. But it's like, I think just for, in that conversation, I think I just, I like felt you. And that wasn't something I was sensitive to before. And at one point I was really recognizing like, there's like obedience here in, in your story and you like coming out and you being honest and you seeking the Lord on this. I felt like your heart towards the Lord in that. And I remember sitting on the couch, my laptop was still like on my lap. And I remember like all of a sudden the presence of God came into the room and I couldn't like, I, I couldn't get past. I was like, God is literally like here right now. And again, up until this point, like it was God or homosexuality. It's like, there's no like having both. And so feeling like the presence of the Lord, like in your living room that day was a game changer. And that was the reason why I started like looking into this more because I was like, mm. if I'm feeling like God, in this like i can't turn away from that like i can't ignore this i know what his presence feels like and it was there yeah so i guess like in that conversation it was feeling like being able to be in touch with like okay this this is like a human being like coming to me like vulnerably and honestly and just real you're so real about it and on top of that like god just like his presence in the room i'm like i can't like look away from this i can't keep treating you like like you're distant or you're on the outside of something I, like I couldn't do that anymore. That was a turning point for me. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Anybody else at the table have moments in that journey where, you know, the initial shock had kind of had its effect and then now we were moving forward in terms of, oh God, he's still gay, it's still here. I still have a relationship with this person. Um, was there anything defining or significant in that journey or process for you guys as you were living your lives and this kept representing itself that, you know, was, a, was memorable or noteworthy? Um, along the way. I think like Marcus, I think it was actually our first conversation that we had, the one that we talked about first, um, was when you brought up the, like, if everyone was homosexual and you were straight, what would that, like, how would you change that? Like, if someone said, you're a sinner, God hates you now, you got to change this, (laughs) you know? Yeah, like, you can't, sorry, you can't get into heaven, like, all this stuff. Um, You need to change this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I I couldn't do that. And so I think that, like Marcus said, like, put like humanity on it. And I think even like, I didn't feel like the, obviously the Lord was there in that place, but I didn't feel like his presence and that kind of stuff. Like Haley was talking about, which is awesome. But I think it like, it was my humanity that like compelled me in that moment. I'm like, I can't like, it's only been six Bible verses that have told me not to do this up to this point. But like my humanity, like made me want to like, look into this more because like people, I can't like, change I can't make people like change this stuff if I if I can't picture myself changing or knowing how even to change that I'm like I can't I can't expect that of other people Mm. and I think the reason it was so easy actually for me um to move forward and to not like freak out (laughs) was was because I never I had never thought about it before I was told what to think about it and I was told what the bible said about it but I never thought for myself anything else so I'm like okay this is this carrot is a vegetable and it comes from the ground and that's it you know <laughs> like, I'm like okay great. I'm just sorry I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think of something that is that you're told like hey this is this tomato yeah, yeah sorry sorry someone told you that's a carrot and you eat it this is it this is an apple you eat it and so that's like what I was told and I wasn't I never looked into it and I never like thought about it more than that, you know? So I think just even you bringing up like, what if this is different? What if these are like people, you know, like the emotions and like 
the stuff they can't change, it's not just a sin. So I'm like, oh wow, I've never thought about it that way. So Who knew that was helpful? Yeah, I was, I was, I know. If I'd known that, I would have been saying it earlier. <laughs> I remember thinking like, I've never heard a Christian say they're gay. Like I've never like been around that. It was always something I was like, what? And then in my process, I remember thinking back because I grew up in a Christian school, really tiny, very conservative. And I remember when the when gay marriage was legalized. And I remember being the only one celebrating like, oh my gosh, I think I'm really excited about this. I think I'm like really glad that this thing is happening. I had no reason to believe that. Like all my teachers were like, no, this is wrong. This is like against the Bible. But I just remember thinking like, like just having some understanding of love or like the Bible talks about love and how is this love? Like how, how can like the church tell people who they can and can't marry? And I remember just like having memories of these things like hitting me like along the way where I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make sense to be so against this. Like there's something off here. And then having close people around me that I was like, man, I, re I remember you were going after this in a way that you were like, it was so trusting. It was so like, no matter what happens, like, if I'm gay, if I'm not, like, no matter what, I'm going to move forward here and the Lord's going to catch me. And I remember, like, that was probably the biggest thing that I was like, oh, my gosh, like, everyone needs to go after things like this. That, like, no matter what happens, we are caught. We're fine. We're good. Like, we can't mess up here. Like, we can't go beyond him. And I remember just thinking, like, people's people close to me, I'm like, man, I, I wish they would go after this like this. And people's stories of just being like, oh my gosh, if they had the freedom. Like ne just never grasping that, you know, just never buying into like there's an answer here for them mm. because of where they've been and just being like, oh, I wish these people close to me could look at this subject the way you were. Because they were gay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wanting them to like have that trust that like no matter what I can look at this and not be afraid. Okay. I want to chime in real quick on this with you. So you seem to have like a particular, like as I hear different people processing this for the last year or, or however long it's been for us, two years almost, <clears throat> for you particularly, you seem to have a a specific response to the freedom and the willingness to go out into the unknown on it or whatever. You take a particular like revel in it. You like it. You like celebrate. And I think we are in of the same spirit, but you have like stars in your eyes on that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on there when that's happening? What is that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm getting emotional when you say that. So oh. maybe it's something. Um, I think, I just like, okay, so I have someone really close to me in my life who has a similar story to you, reminds me a lot of you. And so when you were telling your story, I was just thinking about this person and just the love I had for this person and like you just feeling that you could go here and be okay and like your whole journey like had freedom all over it and then feeling like, man, like if if it takes this person you know coming out that they like would feel so like like you if they could feel free if you know like i know this person oh my god 
it like stings. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept thinking about this person that I love so dearly. And, you know, this person is definitely not affirming and coming out would be like the worst thing ever. I, I just, in your journey, I was like, man, I wish, it, like, I want this person to be gay. Oh, you wanted them to be gay. Yes. <laughs> I wanted them to be gay and to come out just because I knew that if they experienced any hurt or pain that you had, I'm like, oh, it's so worth going there than to stay hidden and stuck and, you know, quieted. Like, it just felt like something unlocked in you and things clicked in your life that I was like, I want this for every person who's ever felt the way that you felt because their story is so I'm like the more stories I hear about this or people who are in your same situation I'm like there's so much pain there and I can't imagine someone I mean the same question like what if it was what if we were in your shoes what if the story was flipped so that was a big deal for me mm. huge nice yeah. cool okay so there, there was something there it's great <laughs> thanks for sharing it's beautiful <laughs> um for everyone, anybody, either one of you has anything you want to throw in here? Or we can, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was living at the time in a house of men with mixed viewpoints on this. And we all had, it was kind of a communal, dis, kind of a discussion at one point. Um, because might you come out to ev- the, the team at large and the guys I was living with were on the team. And I remember those, those conversations were like a little hard, at least for me, because I didn't, I some of the humanity was stripped. I think everybody keeps bringing that up. There's like this, this human element and I couldn't get past that either. I was like, mm, but this is, this is Mike we're talking about, <laughs> you know? And it would, we just, we'd go to all these different areas of thought and theology and all this stuff. And I just kept coming back to like, well, crap. I, I keep landing on certain, like, sure, I can, I can maybe justify that this is wrong or something, but I'm like, but we're talking about Mike. And that, I don't know if I ever told you that. I, that was something I, I represented pretty consistently, just being like, mm, let me reel it in, guys. Like, I don't know. I don't know if, like, what are we talking about? This feels really strange. And I think part of that, and I'll try and be brief, is like, I grew up in the church and as well, small Christian school, right to giant megachurch ministry school. And there, there's this, you know, giant celebration of like finding your tribe, finding your people, you know, like finding the, the people that you can run with or like, you know, just where God leads you. Leaders, having a leader was such a big value. And I just remember always being really detached from that idea, especially going through school. I was just like, I don't know. Just, and I think maybe it was the examples around me. I wasn't very inspired. I was like, eh. And I remember in, in my second year of school, I, I did your class and I didn't, I didn't like the subject matter. We all know that. Anyways, um, and I, listen, I flipped over. It was fine. Um, but the thing is, I, I remember looking at the team and just being like, I feel love here. And the, and that's something that, that hit me in those weeks after you came out. I was like, man, Mike, like I, I had no doubt you knew God. I had no doubt you knew love and Jesus and the, and the, his family. I was like, I, I just, I feel that I felt that in your life since day one. And that was just such a big piece of like, well, crap, I've been taught. This is where I turn and I leave because they're, this person doesn't know that they, they can't be in this game. They can't know this love or, or God in that, in that way, you know, like it gets weird. How can you separate that aspect of a person like that? But then, you know, I, with the discussions in my house and everything after that, I was just like, well, listen, I, I, and, and this is me talking to myself. I remember just being like, if like, I, I believe love is on your side. Like, you, you know, God this way. Like I've never at all had that doubt. And when this came up, I was just like, 
Well, if love's over there and not over here, I suppose I'm going to go over there because I know this person and I trust, I trusted you and your process. And the same thing as Zach, I didn't look into this myself. This was, this wasn't something that I like took on. And, and man, in those, in those weeks afterwards, I remember being like, I would think back on my life and, and there were so many people I know that, that are gay and I just kind of cubbied them. I just shoved them in a corner of my brain or in my social circles growing up. I was just always so outgoing and everything. And I, I know the, the people, especially in my Christian school, felt very outcasted when this was in their life and they didn't know what to do with it because it's a Christian school and you're not supposed to be gay. But they would come to me and I always would want to include them, but I wouldn't know what to do with this because I was being trained, you don't, this is not allowed, this is not allowed, over and over again. And it's just so painful. And I was like, I just took it as a sign. I'm like, out of everybody I could have met at school, out of every, every, everywhere I could have gone, I'm like, this matters to me. And it, there's, there's more to this than just the Bible. That's where I, I, I landed in that conversation. I was like, man, there's got to be more. And I would rather be the person that goes down the wrong path because I love somebody and because I actually have a relationship with them than sticks with the crowd or does anything else. And that's in those first weeks where I made my choice. I was like, no, I'm going to stick this through because there's more to this. So, yeah. Nice. Wow, I need to get that out, apparently. <laughs> this, is <therapeutic. laughs> this is like this is therapy, therapy for us. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Obviously, we all understand we went on our journeys of the theology and reading the books and watching the videos and listening to the speakers and meeting these people in real life and having these conversations. What a privilege. It's awesome that we've gotten to have those connections and all those things. So we've done that. We can touch on that at some point, maybe. But I'm like, Rainbow, Rainbow Road's going to hit that, so I don't know if we need to talk about it here. I've had to represent to each of you individually or to us as a group or whatever, there's a difference between permitting a gay person to be around you and getting in a gay person's boat, mm -hmm. right? As in, there's a difference between being, I love you, but I can't agree, versus I'm gonna be an ally to this community and stand up for a marginalized people group who are being t terribly treated for unjust reasons. This is not sanc sanctioned by God, right? There, I was like, there's a difference. And then I definitely like pursued clarifying that in our relationship, in our felt experiences of me in this context. What was it like for you to recognize the difference between, oh, I'm not gonna hate Mike for this, going from that to, oh crap, I'm gonna take some rocks for this, right? Because that was a choice that each of you had to make. And I was aware of you know the resistance at times and then watching the changes or whatever. And my goal wasn't to get you to be that, but to address if you want to be that way, that's okay. It's not okay here. Something needs to change here if that's how you want to do this, right? It was basically the conversations. So I want to hear like, what was that process like for you? How did you get past the, okay, fine, I'll just be okay with it to like, I'm standing with you here and I'm accepting all of the people like this. I don't, I'm not talking about me in particular. I'm talking about recognizing this is more than just Mike. We went past, oh, this is someone I care about, someone personally that I know. There's something else going on in this whole evangelical or religious persecution experience that I didn't know I was part of. And now I'm like, I actually can't just be okay with this anymore. I think that process started more along the lines of when I allowed myself to allow myself when I started deconstructing, I think that was probably the bigger thing of, of challenging, addressing, analyzing why I believe what I believe and realizing that like the, the, beliefs I had about homosexuality, if I was writing a paper, it's like D plus, you know, it's, it's like failing pretty much, you know, like I don't have a lot of evidence. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. There's no way I could justify it. There's no way I could justify it if someone like a gay person asked me like, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, it's like, 
I don't know, you know, like I literally just was like, I don't have an answer here, you know. Um, but when I started like, you know, actually recognizing, okay, what is it actually trying to say, right? And and reading the Bible in a way that's like, what is it, what is it trying to tell me about who God is, you know, and not less so about what it's trying to tell me how to live, but trying to tell me like who, who he is, what he represents, who he's fighting for, right? And, and I think we were reading... Uh, a new kind of Christianity, right? And that book changed a lot for me because it. Can you say the author's name? Oh, Brian Brian McLaren. McLaren. Um, yeah, that cha- that book changed a lot for me because it it, ter- it it like helped me actually see the Bible or like have an appreciation for the Bible in a way that I I actually knew it to be. Because I think when I first started when I first like started coming to the church, I was like like high school, right? Like I skipped all the Sunday school stuff, you know, like Ian, but when I came into it, like, and then I started like actually reading the Bible because I wanted to read the Bible, right? Like, because I wanted to get to know God. It was a really beautiful book. I was learning about God. It was love. It was, it was, it was hot. I was learning. I was like getting, I was was being renewed, you know? And I was like, this is, it's teaching me about God. It's not trying to tell me how to live. It's teaching me about who he is. And I had like encounters with him because of, of the Bible, you know? So like, after a while, I was like, I started reading the book more like a, like I'd read an English paper or an essay that I would analyze. And that's the part that, that was like a red flag for me. I was like, I remember leading Bible studies and being like, I, I just led this Bible study and analyzed this passage in the Bible like I would have an English paper. That was devoid of God, like, like relationship and teaching and like a relationship with him and understanding him wasn't there. I was like, I, that was so, that was like. That was all brain, you know? I was like, that's, I missed something. Something happened, something changed in me. So I think like deconstructing and actually like finding a place that was like, what do, what is the Bible trying to tell me again? And like renewing that and, and finding that like hope again and excitement of this is what he's representing and all the ways that God has showed up for people and how he's like in the context of the time, how, how in, in the incredible ways that he's like pushed against oppression. He's pushed against the, 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 poor treatment of disenfranchised peoples and all, all in all the ways right except it's like and then you like yeah uh, it's just opposing so many things of like this like vicious murdering murderous god right like he's just this but he's not that you know so that was the a huge process for me because it was realizing what the what the bible is trying to tell me is 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 more than just trying to tell me that this person is bad because of this one thing they can't change right um that was probably a really big turning point and then I think the other turning point that like really like set something like that flipped a switch in me was just realizing how hom- how the words homo- how the word homosexuality came into the Bible when it came into the Bible that was a huge game changer for me because I was like well what the hell if it's that recent if it's within the last 60 70 years like mm. what about the remaining like 2000 years of like after Jesus or not even just like after those 2000 years like what about like the rest of freaking time and all those human beings like what about those people you know what how do they interpret this you know like what is what does that look like for them and that really just like helped me understand again context was just, like super important to me it started when i started to take note of how i like treated you when you first came out like as you confronted me and represented like hey this sucks how you're treating me you know i think i the more i like processed how like what you were representing in our relationship, I was like, I treat all gay people like this. Like, there's never, like I've never had a relationship with another gay person the way that I do with you, but still in my heart, like I, it's the same attitude. It's the same like, okay, you're like over there now. You know, it's not like an inclu- inclusive thing. Where things changed for me was recognizing like, 
I, I should not be treating people like this. Like, whether I know them or not, like that should never, that should not be in my heart at all. Mm -hmm. And so I started to process this before I like did the research and started looking at theology and the Bible and stuff like that. It was just more like, okay, my heart towards people should never be dismissive or like distant. Like that should never, that should never be the case. And so what started for me in becoming an ally was like, I want to be, I, like I don't want people to see me as just like a part of the church. People who are like, mm -hmm. oh, like I don't belong here. I don't want people to feel that way. And so for me, it was more like, okay, I want to be welcoming. I want to be honoring. I want to be curious. I want to be understanding to whatever point I can be, you know, and just be someone who like is a friend to all people, you know. And so that that's what started it for me. And then the theology, the research and the books came. And then that's when it started to like, really deconstruct like oh i'm actually not seeing like all the reasons why i thought this wasn't okay those reasons are gone and there's like a whole there's a whole bunch to that but i think just in general like the more research i did the more questions i asked the more lack of answers i got it was more like oh i actually don't see why this is as condemned as i've always condemned it before there was a moment that like a rock didn't get thrown at me but i saw a rock get thrown at you and it made me be like oh, I am watching this happen, like, mm -hmm. and I see the line, and I'm not, like, over the line yet, but, like, I don't think that's great. Like, there's just a situation where someone had found out about you through someone, and they reacted to it so, with, like, such, like, disgust, and such quick to be, like, they know, they knew all the answers, and I think there was a frustration inside me that was, like, you know, I had, I had the honor of, like, hearing your story, but like this person actually never heard your story. They had heard it from someone else. And I have such a value for like honoring what people want. To see other people violate that, I think something inside me was like, I don't care if this is about him being gay or if this is about like someone else like going through something. It has nothing to do with that. Like something was crossed here. And I think even more because you've always represented like vulnerability and like always came with such honesty. So anyways, I just, I remember having a conversation with this person and there was no door. And that was just the first time where I was like, sure, there's no rock getting thrown at me, but like I'm seeing this rocket thrown at you. And like, I'm just like, there's something wrong here. You know, I think that was just the first beginning steps of like, yeah, I want to be an ally here. So I remember when I was like laying on my couch, staring out the window, just being like, okay, what does this mean for like what I, what I could say yes to here? Like if I go down this route, what does this mean? What does this look like? And I would just remember thinking like, yeah, there's going to be loss here. There's going to be loss. And I remember having like conversations with people around me. I was so scared to talk to people around me who I knew like weren't going to agree. Um, family members close friends, people from ministry school, you know, pastor, all, the, all this stuff. And I just remember like having those conversations and people were saying, I don't know, they just like didn't have definite answers here. Didn't have like a lot to say against this. That I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. And I think a lot of people can relate more to this than not. Like, I think this is absolutely like, there's a political side to this where it's like, man, like everyone needs rights. Like there should absolutely be no discrimination, never. Like in so, like the majority of the population I think can agree with that. And then you look at the love side of this. And as Christians, it's like, like isn't our message love? So like, where's the confusion? here and when you go in with an open heart and like consideration here and you ask the like the person across from you like okay so why do you disagree with this 
they don't have a lot to give or to say and there's like compelling stuff on both sides so i remember thinking that man this isn't black and white maybe like one side doesn't have it more right than the other i want to go back to the whole like i think more people can relate to this than not like more i mean i think people everybody's gay (laughs) (laughs) i actually okay so no don't answer that Okay, so so there's a stat I just read that said 5% of the population is gay. And then there's a stat that says Gen Z, so 1997 to 2015, it's a 20%. 21%. 21% population. That's millions of people. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they would identify with, yeah, being queer. LGBT, yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? The world? (laughs) Or the United States? She doesn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the numbers, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> California. We need to be allies, because everyone relates to this. No one's completely straight. <laughs> oh god, cut this out, cut this out. <laughs> I'm not cutting this out. Oh god, that's a the, the biggest turning point of me being like, I can take some stones for this would be the fact that I realized it's like an ethical problem in the church. Huge problem, big gaping hole problem. And I have firsthand experience and I'm gonna tell a story. It's horrible and I hate it, but I'm gonna tell a story. Um, I, right, small Christian school, okay? Um, We know the kind. I was like definitely social butterfly and and I had a lot of like, I think like social clout in my little circle and I was able to like kind of spin things however I wanted, I'd kind of lead things. And I knew it, I knew what I was doing. There was, there was a guy that joined my junior high class that everyone would call him a fag. They would call him names. They were like horrible to him. And I participated with that hardcore in like a not fun way. And, and this is another thing I think that came to mind after you came out to me. And I, and I bring this up because like, there was no voice for him in that environment, in that Christian school, right? There was, no, there was nobody, I don't know in leadership if people knew. I don't even know if people knew. I don't know if people cared. I just remember the way he was treated. It was like a known thing. Like people knew about it and there was not a big voice coming to defend him. And even just the place he was, like it, it didn't even have to be about affirming or not. I just remember he just did not have a huge defense happening and I remember like being a bully to him it was horrible like I participated actively I was like a gatekeeper for the way he was treated and I remember a few specific times in the locker rooms where he was just like was picked on and messed with and pushed and shoved and like genuinely that's a that's like one of my like I'm most like I think ashamed of that if I look back I'm like that's something I feel guilty for and like I don't want that guilt to go away that was a horrible thing I think I should feel that and I think Having someone, like, I, I definitely think for people that don't have anyone in their life that is gay or is, like, has come out of the closet or is brave enough to stand on that viewpoint, especially to say God is with them, like, you, it's, you can't know until you have somebody that you know come out. Like, and I think just somebody that's just always been drilled, like, heterosexual, straight, conservative Christians, especially if you don't have somebody that you've, that you know that's come out to you, it just changes the game. And it just became this ethical thing. And I remember those stories of that guy that I bullied coming up to my mind and just being like, that's awful. That in and of itself should just speak to, nope, nope, something's wrong. Like that's, that's bad. 
And then this happened, and this was during, this was live time, so this wasn't in the past. I was at work, and where I worked dealt with a lot of people, and we talked to a lot of people, um, and this was with the church. And I, the conversations and the slurring and the um, disrespect for people that, when we would connect with them, would like come out to us, like over the phone, vulnerably, the amount of jokes that were thrown around in that office blew my mind. It was like I couldn't stay in there after a certain point. And this was after you came out to me. I was like, how can I stay in this room right now? I just, I realized like, ooh, if I stay in here and I don't say something, I'm gonna like massively regret it. So I just left the room because I wasn't quite ready yet. I didn't have, I just was red hot. I was like, this is, this is <clears throat> like pissing me off. And I was living with you. Uh, and I just was like, I, it was unbelievable. I, I remember staying in that room being like, this, where I am, it's supposed to be a representation of like love on the planet. Mm. And, and it's mm. what we're doing in this office matters. Like the things that we're saying, they mattered. The way we were treating people when they weren't in the room, it still matters. Why was this a subject that was fine with just being like, mm. eh, throw these things out everywhere. And I just, I couldn't, I was disgusted by it, frankly. And, and I felt like it was extremely unethical. And I, I think, you know, I have my opinion, you know, of, what I believe about Jesus and who he would be today and who he would affiliate, affiliate himself with. And I just am like, I don't think I'm the crazy one to, to be on the side. I don't think I'm the crazy one to be supporting someone that I love and accept and not, and not telling this person like, Hey, guess what? You don't know God anymore. Or in this spot, you don't know him. You're deceived. So weird. Mika is now joining us. Zach and Mika have switched out because they're doing the co-parenting thing. I think for me, it happened in like a, a couple of stages. My heart was there like pretty quickly and then it took a while for my brain to actually catch up. Um, so actually for me, heart-wise, I was affirming like when Mike told me about his Taylor Swift process. He called me. <laughs> in, we're calling it the Taylor Swift process. I, yeah, 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 like, <laughs> did you call it that? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't call it that. <laughs> Whatever, the Taylor Swift moment. That was important. I mean, that was like, that was the the marking point. He called me and was like, I need to talk to you. So we were walking around in the woods and he was telling me about this moment and just like some of the research he had done. And I, in the moment was like, okay, is this sketchy? Is this like the beginning of Mike like losing his mind and like going down a weird road? Like, is this, is it happening? Like, is, is, <laughs> is it time? Kind of a thing. You like pulled out the emergency kit you had prepared yeah, in this like, day? Uh, but at the same time, I felt this like invitation for hope and for peace and to like not have the answers, but trust like something big is happening here. I don't think he's crazy. I don't think that this is something like here to derail or deceive or something like that. And I was like hit with this like peace where all of my typical like mental bullet points as to why this can't be what God is doing, like Taylor was wrong, <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> like all the all the things that my brain would typically bring up, like s- stopped mattering. And I was like, huh, interesting. Um, and even I think I even in the moment brought up like I generally would think like because gay couples can't like have babies, that's probably like a sign, right? Like nature's probably saying like, that's not like a thing that the Lord's affirming or something like that. But even as I was saying it, I was like, but also like not everybody has babies and like kind of recognizing like, I don't know why this is such a big deal or how this has been like the the thing that like unravels this whole people group from like being valid. And so I think it was actually like that moment of him bringing it up 
and the Lord like reopening like this isn't a done deal this isn't settled the things that like I've thought are settled are actually not like as valid or as like important as I'd thought that they were and then from there it was my brain catching up for like another year and a half the company that I worked for at the time was very Christian so there's a lot of Christians around me so I was like kind of broaching the question here and there like so what do you, what do you think about like you know, homosexuality, you know, like, what would you, what would you do with that? You know? And then I started talking about like some of my thought process here a little bit and not without going into like making a statement that I'm affirming, but like kind of saying like, I think I'm finding evidence like that I'm more affirming than, than not, you know? And that was really interesting because people didn't know what to do with that. You know, they kind of avoided the conversation. That was, that was generally the, the response. They just avoided it. And I was like, okay, I guess. And so I think I just started getting this like, I started getting this 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 thought that like they're kind of like weak-willed around here, you know? Like they don't have a lot of backbone, you know? They can't at least like back up what you have to think about it, you know? And they're all just like it's like a gray area, you know? And they just kind of back out of the conversation by kind of going that route. You know, I was like, "Oh, that's that's that, there's nothing there. That's there's, that's nothing, you know?" Um and so I think that like helped I think like give me more of a backbone. I've actually like I think I need to like press this more. I need to know if anything, if anything, like just find out where people stand and get them to commit to something. That was like, kind of like my, my goal after a while. Um, but like fast forward until like after you came out, right. Uh, my response there was a lot more publicly. publicly. Yeah. Sorry. When you came out publicly, um, that was, uh, I mean, it was really cool to see a lot of people celebrating, you know, but man, I was like, I haven't felt that angry in a long time for these random people on the internet oh that I don't even know who they are, you know, freaking, you know, I don't know these people, you know, but I just was like, just, I just was cursing at these people. Oh. I was, I was unbelievably angry at how rude and mean and inconsiderate and unkind people were to you, to, to a person, you know, like to another human being, just like social, I was like, just socially, this is so wrong. Like who, who, you don't say this just as a person, you don't say this, like you don't say it like that, you know? So I think I was just like, man, outside of the Christian conversation about like what God thinks about this or what you think God thinks about this, like what you're, how you're approaching this to another person already is like freaking jacked up, you know? Like this is so wrong. I was just angry. I was like calling people names all the time, you know? Part of my process here was also just recognizing like, how, what does my response actually look like here? You know, because I think I, I like held back. I don't know what your guys' response was, but like I definitely held back on some of my, on responding to some of those things, especially on like your public pages and stuff like that. Because I was like, do I want to, am I inciting something? You know, am I like making this worse? You know, or, or is this like not helpful? And then a conversation also comes up about like what being an ally actually looks like, what it looks like to support a person what actual support looks like, you know? And that like started to challenge me too, you know? Cause you know, I'm like already like, yeah, I love you and I support you, but like, you know, I, I don't agree with you. You know, like, like I was like, oh, what does support actually look like here? And it's like, oh, it's time. I think I need to say something, you know? Mm-hmm. I need to be a person who actually represents this because again, this is also just not for me, but understanding that like letting someone just say something and then not responding to it means that there's another person on the other side. There's another gay person that looks at that and says, oh, no one responds to this. I guess that must be true. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my thought. I was like, I would hate for that to happen because that's not true. And people need to know that, you know, <clears throat> that gay kid who's in the closet, who's scared, but loves God and doesn't know what to do with it, needs to know that that's not true, you know, and so just to oppose it, to give them an opportunity to like 
recognize that there's possibility there. That's, I think that was a big turning point for me and wanted to be like, you know what, if you're gonna throw punches, I'm gonna throw punches too. And I can throw some punches, you know? Um, I don't know, there's like, there's like a red hot thing in here, you know, because this, like, this isn't about, like, I don't think this is about Christianity. You know, because we're talking about how you treat people here, you know, because I think if people like if this was a conversation, it'd be way better. I feel confident in like being able to have a conversation, but like the, this isn't a conversation. They're just throwing knives at you at a person, you know, I'm like yeah. this, this, this is not, this is not God. Theologically. So on the, the Bible side of this, talking about scriptural basis for changing your mind about this, love the heart stuff, love the humanizing part of it. It's so necessary, so important, so relevant for sure. Now, explicitly in the theology camp, what was a significant or the moment or whatever piece of information, argument, evidence, scriptural basis, whatever, what book, what talking point, what speaker, what, what person that we've brought around us, what in the theology space was a game changer for you in terms of theologizing your way to becoming affirming with scripture. For me, it was Unclobber, Colby Martin. I hadn't really like read much of anything about the Clobber passages. I knew that they existed. I'd definitely been fed them my whole life, but I hadn't really like read through them very much. Um, so him going through the context and like the kind of like debunking the face value of what I'd been taught they meant. I was really expecting to have a harder time like letting go of what I'd been taught. And I think we got to Romans and I was like, okay, Romans, this is like New Testament. This is like a big deal. And that whole chapter, I was reading the whole chapter and I was like, this is a no-brainer. This is obviously not talking about actual gay people that we have in our context now. Mm -hmm. This is not talking about actual relationship. This isn't anything like like what this conversation is about. How do we pull this verse out and like throw it at people? Like that's so weird. And so I remember getting to Romans and being like, okay, that's the last one. And every single one of these is so like absurd, <laughs> like to take this verse and try to like shove it into this context and like call it good is like, yeah, this is like all of these just like fell so flat. I was expecting it to be more robust or having to like wrestle through it more. And it was really just like, oh yeah, this is fake. <laughs> like, so it, like it just felt like that's not what we're talking about. Like this is so silly. Um, and so it was like, I hit Romans and unclobber and was like, okay. It, it was like a non-issue. It was like, I don't have any trouble letting go of this because it was misplaced in the first place. So Unclobber by Colby Martin was a big one for me. That was like the first book that I've read specifically about homosexuality that kind of just like opened up the conversation for me about specific Bible verses that I've just been reading my entire life. Um, but on top of that, it was also Gone the Gay Christian by Matthew Vines. I think after reading that book, I was like, the Bible doesn't address sexual orientation. Like, mm. we've been using it as if it does, but it's, it's not addressing, it's not, it's, it doesn't actually address it. And so I think my answer is pretty simple. It's just like, I think those books just stripped away like all the reasoning behind those verses that I had and that I've learned in church. But I'm like, it's, it's, that's a different conversation entirely from what we've been like putting it into, so. God the gay Christian. Matthew Vine starts talking about the word abomination. If you can look into that, because the New Testament, right? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh yeah, Romans, let's get to it. What does God think about this? <laughs> you know, that's, I, you know, what is God? <laughs> Paul, what does our brother Paul, God, think about this? And, um, and, and the, th the thing is, the word abomination is, if you go into the cultural context, because the thing is, that matters. Cultural context has mattered every single day of the week. <laughs> Okay, it is, it, there's not been a day of the week where it hasn't mattered. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all right? So, here's the thing though, like, we, I think I'm saying that we're laughing at it, because I'm like, 
church culture, it's like everything's about context now. I think there was just like a period of time where I realized like, I think maybe like a reformation going on, maybe even a little bit in the church, like throughout the 2000s where people started caring a lot more about context and stuff. And that was a big, it almost felt like a buzz in a certain way. And it still matters here, you know? Um, and that's why I made such a big joke about that. But the word abomination refers to a ton of things in the ancient culture. There's a whole list of them, I'm not gonna go into them now, but the thing is, all of us are abominations. If, and I'm being honest, right, no, I'm serious. Here's the thing, have you ever ate a clam? You're an abomination. Have you ever worn mixed linen? You are now an abomination, which guess what? Gay people are that too, so you're on that same level now. That's how that works. That's, that's the way that that word in that context is appropriated to smear monogamous, loving gay relationships. And after I learned that, I was like, oops. <laughs> Can't do that anymore, I don't know what to do with that. It was Unclobber by Colby Martin. I just feel like I'm like doing a plug, you know? I had to get that out. But get that book. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was when I read um, about the story of like Sodom and Gomorrah. And it was like, I think growing up, like in my church, that's the story they would always reference when it came to homosexuality. And I just like remember, I also like went to a church that was like, that's why the, like this storm went to this place. Like that's why a tornado blew through this city is because there's a bunch of gay people there. And just, just you wait, like Vegas is gonna get hit. Like so gnarly. Yeah. Oh my God, me too. You're right. Literally. Oh, the fault line. Yeah. yeah, and so they would always just relate all these cities like to Sodom and Gomorrah, and so I think I always like related it to that. When Col like Colby just kind of told us like the context. I mean, I learned a lot of stuff, you know, especially the the daughter part. Like that was, I think that's something I wanted to even. Ew. I was just like, what? Um, but that was just like a moment where I realized like oh, this gets to be a player on the field. Like this like conversation, this argument, like the affirming side, like actually gets to be a player and it just never like got to be. And so it's just like this moment where it's like, okay, maybe it's not like this crazy black and white evidence. It's just like uprooted all the other beliefs I had, like the, the non-affirming side, like it just uprooted that. I was just like, oh, it actually gets to be a player here. Whereas before, like I was always told, like there was an attitude that it, it could never be an option. So. That was just super helpful for me. I think for me, it was a story of Lot and talking about <clears throat> that being a passage that, you know, homosexuality is like, no, get that out of here because that, that happened and God clearly said, do not do that. And then like zooming in on it and being like, man, that was not a homosexual act at all. Like the, that was not like love or attraction. Like that was gang rape. Like even going back to like the entire passage is about hospitality or in tradition i'm like oh my god why are we like focusing on this so much that to me was absolutely shocking um i think that was probably like a pivotal moment for me i was like yeah and it continues to stick with me i'm like i think about that all the time <laughs> i would say i think the most influential book in this process or resource was unclobber in terms of like oh well that's like right. a, a lot of us right i think that was a really helpful transformational book because he he puts it in a, in a really digestible way that helps you consider the bible but also what god's what god's trying to represent for people the way or the time the year that homosexual got entered in the Bible, I didn't learn that until we had a conversation with Kathy Baldock. And she and Ed were like just talking about their freaking Scooby-Doo Avengers, you know? <laughs> 
of like finding out where this came from, you know? And that was such a wild ride because of their, like all the work they put into like finding that. And I was like, man, I think I love vocabulary. I love words, right? And so I think the idea that this one word came into the Bible at a specific time, like within the last, like less than a hundred years is like so shocking to me. You know, that already raises so many flags of like, well, it can't apply to so many other things if it's so recent. So that was a big thing for me. My last question is, You've been a human being who went on a journey for the last year and a half or however long it's been. You've invested time and energy and heart and academics and research and thought process and your relationships and your reputation into this. So your opinion matters here. You paid a price. You know some things now you didn't know a little bit ago. You know things that most Christians don't know specifically regarding this issue. I want to know from you, what is a piece of advice you would give to people who are at the beginning of this journey or considering going on the process of becoming affirming, or what was something you wish you had known from the get-go that you didn't know and you learned along the way? If I had to give advice to anyone, I would probably just say, don't be afraid to look at this. I think like that's probably the scariest thing where it's like, it's okay to be on a journey here. Like it took us <laughs> a year and a half. Like it's been maybe a two-year journey. What I didn't know I would feel and was really surprised by is I started a new job when I came to Nashville and there are employees who are LGBTQ and I have felt so connected to them. I think before, like when I was a Christian, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That was crazy. I realized before everyone else, and then y'all all heard it. I was like, what? I was like, I I didn't mean to say that actually. <laughs> Don't be afraid, but you won't be a Christian at the end. Okay, are we over that? I will never be over that. <laughs> what I meant to say was growing up in the church. And when I was not affirming, if you knew someone was gay or if you were around people, like you just had this wall up and it was just there and it was just this immediate like, I ha have to disconnect with you or I don't know how to connect with you or there's, that's what I'm trying to think of. Uncommonality? Uncommonality? <laughs> that's uh, the difference. Oh, right? just, just use it. Just <laughs> <laughs> You're not a Christian anymore. It doesn't matter what you say at this point. Oh my point. God. That's true. That's true. I just remember being non-affirming and just feeling this wall between me and any queer person I came into contact with. There's this disconnection. I couldn't relate to them. And now being on the other side, I had no idea I would feel this way, but there's this celebration in me. There's this excitement to get to know this person and know their story. And probably like at the beginning in a weird way that I was like, I'm so curious about you. Tell me, are you gay? Like, tell me how you, when you knew that, I, I did that a lot. Not so a lot. I yeah. did that a lot. I love the excitement I feel when I meet people like that. And, and I get to work side by side with people. And 
to be the first one maybe to have ever celebrated them here especially like being in the south like that's so uncommon and a lot of people aren't like forthcoming with that because of where we live like that is so cool i've like been so surprised by the connection i feel just to humanity and just like love mm. like that was really surprising so that's a huge piece of advice or just like a win that you'll probably experience i would maybe give two pieces of advice first is to allow yourself to consider something different if you go into this conversation looking to defend a position or to prove someone wrong or right um, it's not gonna go well you're gonna you're gonna find evidence to prove what you what you want go with it go into this with the, with the open heart and be considerate for a human being like imagine if there's like a, a human being in front of you what would you say to them you know and wh what is God saying about a person the second thing is to allow yourself to be honest with what you're feeling I'm not proud of the fact that I had to work through a lot of hum homophobia that's I think but it, but it's true I really had to work through that and it was really uncomfortable because I had to confront so many things in myself that I didn't like uh, but I had to do it I needed to do it so it was really uncomfortable but you know whatever comes up for you for, for you like even if it's uncomfortable I, I encourage you to continue to to push through that to work through that and be honest with what you're actually feeling and then find out where it comes from you know is it something that's rooted in something good and like necessary or whatever or is it something that's like you know trained you to to feel something to believe something that's not actually good for you. All right, my piece of advice for someone starting this process. From somebody who was a bully to someone that was called a fag and was taken advantage of in just horrible ways socially growing up in a Christian school. The suicide rate is like super high amongst gay people. It's twice as high amongst gay Christians. I think we should ask the question why? And not just settle for tropes like they were abused or which, why would that give us more reason to like shun them? <laughs> that's always a funny, that's a funny thing to look at. It's like, oh, they were abused as a kid. That means we should exclude them more. I don't know. I think you should ask the question, why is it twice as likely that someone that you know who's a believer that's gay would kill themselves just because they're in church? It doubles the standard. That's awful. We have to ask those like big questions. I genuinely had thoughts of like, what if my child is gay? What if I have a child that I love with all my heart and they're like, I'm gay. And then they're in church and they're a part of that twice as likely, right? That's a horrible thing to think about. But I think we should ask the question. I think it's an ethical issue. I think we should open our hearts to the fact that Jesus would be protecting these people. Okay, first piece of advice I would give would be, I think just saying like, no question is a dumb question. Like, I think it's really important to be really honest with this. Um, just with your process and the questions that you have, like, I think it's like, you're not gonna get anywhere if you're like keeping your process mm -hmm. hidden or just away from other people. Like, it's really important to actually like dialogue and be really open about your where you're at. What I wish I knew, whether I say something or not about this, like it affects somebody. I, I wish I was aware of that and more sensitive. And so I guess with that, I would just say like, whether you say something or not, it says something. In this process, like, be prepared to find darkness in you. I know that sounds super bleak, but like nobody wants to like go on a journey and discover like I have hatred in my heart. <laughs> like you don't want that. But I think we need to be prepared that like you probably will. Like I don't think that I don't think that we would have to have this conversation if that wasn't there. Um, but also like 
in the same breath, like that darkness doesn't belong to you. Like that's not inherent to people. We're not designed to hate each other or to like disqualify a human from getting to be a human. So I think for me, like discovering like there's some stuff here that's not from the Lord. I learned it in church, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's on it. And so having to actually like confront that and be honest that like, I feel this way, I've treated people this way, whether or not I said it out loud, it happened in my heart and I marginalized people or I like harmed people, whether or not I meant to. Um, and for me, it was actually that recognition that like there's something icky in here that's not aligned with who Jesus is that actually motivated me to keep looking and keep digging because I was like, if I'm recognizing this as evil, it can't be from the Lord. And there's no way that I'm more sympathetic to humans than God is. Mm -hmm. And so like, if this bothers me, like it's gotta bother him. We have to be wrong on this because I can't be more compassionate to another person than their wow. dad could be. Um, so I'm like, I had to find the darkness and like pull it out and be like, oh God, this is here. But also the fact that it's there is evidence to me that like, that doesn't belong to the Lord. Mm -hmm. That like, we got this wrong somewhere and we can like do better. Um, and I think also, on that journey like repentance happens at some point it's got to happen but it gets to happen like that darkness gets to go away like you don't have to hold on to the hatred or the resistance the walls the diminishing that kind of stuff like you don't have to hold on to that and i've actually like i wish that i'd known at the beginning of this how much freedom and redemption there is on the other side even i'm not gay like this isn't personally like affecting my specific identity but the ability to like let other people be free and to actually be free to love them as much as I want to mm -hmm. like that is in line with the heart of God and if I'd known that from the get-go this mm -hmm. process would have gone a lot faster wow. so I would just say that if there's anything I would have known beforehand it's like it's the shock of knowing that like God's actually like in this anything and everything I've ever been told is don't watch that. Don't watch Love, Simon. Don't open the door. Don't listen to that artist that, you know, is gay. Don't do those things. Like, it's going to open a door to something. And what I've been shocked by is that, like, God's in this. So if you're, like, hungry to actually touch a facet of his nature, like, you're going to find it here. Wherever you end up, actually opening yourself up here, like, he's going to be in it. So I think that was a shock factor. It was the reason why I didn't want to look at it. And then I was shocked that he was there. And I, like, was sad that I was going to that I missed out on him. And so I'm so glad that I'm not. So I just want to take a moment to respond. Firstly, I want to say, wow, wow. I mean, that last bit of advice, I'm like, whoa, who are you people? This is amazing. I just, again, I think I was feeling this the night of the coming out party when you all got to chime in with your own thoughts and feelings. I feel similarly now, the uniqueness and the ownership that each of you have taken in your own process and journey and what you see and what you experience, what you're compelled by, like there's such a diversity here and I love it. I just feel very proud. I'm so proud of you guys. This is amazing. And this is not easy. Like as obviously as we've witnessed, this is not something most people know how to do well, don't know how to like, you know, overcome or even get past. So many people like see this or confronted by something and they just shove it away. So I am so proud of you guys for being willing to push past the comfortable, the safe, the clean, the upright, the upstanding, the respectable space and choose the side of the marginalized and choose to get hit with those rocks too because you discovered something real. Amazing. So thank you for sharing all that. Um, thank you for sharing your process. I know you guys don't have to do this, so thank you for being generous at being vulnerable and willing to like admit the things and share the things and just share it with these guys. To you guys, I want to say, this is not manufactured. I didn't have questions in advance that we were going to talk about. We, I was like, let's get a round table going. Let's just sit down and talk. Let's 
you know, just process and share what this journey was like. And not because we're the standard, not because we're the shining example, but because we did this and we are moving forward and we are seeing incredible results in our own personal lives. Like forget anybody else outside of this. The amount of fruit that's come out of this process for each of us individually, the freedom, the love, the compassion, the ability to actually like empathize with another human being, to be conscious of someone more than us outside of our own experience. My ability to relate to other people's pain that I've not experienced before has gone through the roof. And I thought I was a pretty empathetic person before all of this. I'm shocked at how selfish and narrow-minded I was before I went on this process. Like I have become so much more. I'm just saying there's a ton of really good fruit that's come out of our process, not just regarding homosexuality or the LGBTQ plus community as a subject, but as being people of love and relationship and care, we have all become better people because of this. So I would like to encourage you guys, whatever the costs, whatever challenges or obstacles you face in doing your due diligence of actually looking into this and working through this and getting rid of the hatred and the bigotry and the hypocrisy and the indoctrination and the condemnation of other people and getting to touch freedom and life and the liberty for captives like going there that is the work of the gospel i don't know what else in your christianity is going to matter more than your ability to love your neighbor like that's what this work is about this is not all that entails but this is absolutely part of it so i want to implore you guys as you are considering this or working through it yourself we want to just take a moment to say this matters this is important Haley, i love what you said that's so true you not responding is a response and it does have consequences whether you're aware of it or not so we want to just take a moment to say please join us on this journey if you guys have any questions or need help or resources please reach out i think we've done the best we can to be as overt and like forthcoming with that already but if you still don't know like please reach out to us we were happy to give you resources and links and other books and speakers and i'm going to continue to crank out content to just help supply you with things to work through in this conversation we have people to care for we have lives to save like ian's dark response of like the suicide rate is a real thing there are actual people in the world right now actually killing themselves because of how they're treated and the way that they've just been so suppressed from their own humanity, which is so wrong. It's vile that that's going on and it's still happening. So this is not just like, oh, this feels like a fun thing we should do. Or like, I just want to like be more myself, like, and that's worth it. But there are also people's lives that are diminishing and being snuffed out because of how we as a majority have treated them and handled this. We have to, like Mika said, do better. We've got to do better here. So no condemnation, no judgment, but absolute invitation and, and an imploring, please take this seriously and engage in whatever ways that we can contribute to that and help. We want to help. So please reach out to us. There'll be links below for other resources and ways to connect. Thank you guys for joining us on this journey. If you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, I wanted to tell you about special opportunities and resources available here at NUMA that I want to make sure you know about. Being a queer Christian today is a lot of work. There's a lot of opposition and misunderstanding and prejudice going on. And to work through all that takes support. I want to let you know, firstly, that in our Living Your Legend coaching, my team is specifically trained to help you walk in the spirit as a queer person, addressing the things coming up in your heart, the things around you, standards, things you want to go after. We are here to support you there. So if you want one-on-one -on -one attention and someone to walk with you in that process, Living Your Legend coaching is for you. If you need help understanding how queer theology and the Bible go together, I'm putting together a series called Rainbow Road. It's already live now on NUMA Plus. That's available for you to check out if you want to work out your theology. If you're looking for a more relational approach, I personally am doing a mentorship group called The Rainbow Room, 
where it's only for LGBTQ plus people. We will gather on a weekly basis. I will provide mentorship, guidance, and support, as well as a community. We will all walk through this process together. What does it look like to be gay in the church, following Jesus in today's day and age? This group is for you. And lastly, if you're planning on coming out, or if you were outed, or if your coming out experience wasn't ideal, I wanted to let you know that we here at NUMA love our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters. We are going to be hosting a coming out party on June 1st. That's a place for you to get to have your coming out for the first time or to redeem your coming out experience. We want to celebrate you. We want to surround you with people who love you, believe in you, accept you fully as who you are. And we want to make sure this is a celebratory experience, one that's affirming and embracing of you. If you're interested in any of these things, please email us at contact at mikemayashiro.com. That email address is in the description of this episode. My team will happily provide all the information you need for the areas that you're looking for. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out mikemayashiro.com.